Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back. And now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I have a fabulous guest with me today, Gabrielle Hartley. Gabrielle is the author of the book, Better Apart, The Radically Positive Way to Separate. And I'm really excited about this episode because Gabrielle has basically written a complete Bible on how to get through your divorce in the most positive, and as she puts it, elegant way possible. And I just love that word, elegant. Can you imagine your divorce being described as elegant? So beautiful. Um, So Gabrielle is a leading divorce attorney. She's a mediator, a case closer, author, and speaker. Uh, Gabrielle founded the Positive Divorce Movement and is the creator of the Better Apart Method. She is known for keeping 99% of her cases at the negotiation table and out of the courtroom. Her new book, Better Apart, The Radically Positive Way to Separate, which is published by HarperCollins, by the way, is the first book of its kind to combine the life-changing healing wisdom of mindfulness, meditation, and yoga with practical advice and legal wisdom to get the reader through and beyond divorce. I cannot recommend this book highly enough. So please join me in welcoming Gabrielle Hartley to the show today. Gabrielle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my God, me too. It's funny, I've been sort of promoting you in my group a little bit, in my Facebook group um, a little bit, just because as I've been reading the book, I've been like, you people need to read this book and you people need to listen to this quote and look at this. And and, um, one person was even like, she's my mediator. I love her. So oh, that's so funny. That person actually was just like, I'm so excited to hear you. I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. It's so great. So it's all full circle. We're, we're talking primarily today about your book, uh, better part, the radically positive way to separate, which I love. I love this book. I want everyone to read this book. I was thinking as I was reading it, I was like, well, I don't need to write my book. Forget it. <laughs> Gabrielle's written the book. I don't need to write it. <laughs> well, the thing is people have to read it. I, it did take a very long time. I had a lot of um, different things I wanted to say. And I sort of started by writing articles that I didn't publish anywhere. I was just like, it was all a lot of process. I kept saying, you know, I, I know I have to just get this to as many people in as impactful a way as I can to really help spark change. And mm-hmm. that's how I, I sort of view the positive divorce movement as the spark to ignite the change. And then it's going to take, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of other attorneys, life coaches, divorce coaches, people to all believe that the, that we can be better apart, that we don't have to feel the stigma, that we don't have to feel the shame. And that while the decision of whether to stay or go is never an easy one, 
you know, it, it, it can actually be the launch pad. So anyway, I'm sorry. I cut you yes, off. no, that's perfect. This is, that's what this, that's what we're doing here. We're having, we're having a conversation about this. So speaking of sparking, the New York post compared better apart your book to Marie Kondo's tidying up, which I think is hilarious. Um, and you even mention the, uh, Marie Kondo in the book. <laughs> so can divorce really spark joy? Let's talk about that. So, so, huh, I mean, I've had my share of unpleasant breakups and I grew up in a household where, um, where I changed houses every day for my entire childhood. So, so obviously like sparking joy, at least at the outset, may be a bit of a leap for <clears throat> many, if not most. However, I do think that it can be the launch pad to something better yes. and can spark joy, meaning like a better life as you go through your life and make other positive decisions. When I was referring to Marie Kondo, when I was writing the book, I was thinking more in terms of how Marie Kondo says, you know, clean your closets, clean your mind, get a fresh view, which I thought was brilliant because I'm super messy and I really like loved the discipline of how she said to clean it. But I'm, I'm actually like very clear in my thinking organizationally, even though like around yes. me, my space is not so clean right. all the time or neat, I should say. Um, so I view the better part method as a very clear protocol on how to extricate your needs, your desires, and um, I clarify, separate your needs and desires, um, and to release the emotional part of your brain so that your thinking brain can be engaged and you can start to make choices that are going to bring joy, spark joy for you and for your family. So speaking of like the emotion, like sort of clearing that emotional clutter, I actually want to, uh, I'm going to read a section from, it's from the, I guess it's the introduction. It's called the invitation and welcome, which I actually love more than introduction because it's, because I love it. It's an intro, it's an invitation, right? And in it, you say, by dissipating negative emotions and consciously cultivating patience, respect, clarity, peace, and forgiveness, which are your principles, which we'll get into, um, you'll more easily regulate your responses to legal proceedings, custody disputes, and other common triggers. By being more responsive rather than reactive, you might save months of time and thousands of dollars. I mean, and then you say you also might move more clearly forward on your path to fulfillment and freedom. And that's, I think that's really what it is. That's really what it's about, right? It's not about like, so sparking joy to me almost uh, indicates a, like, there's a, like a spark, right? There's a sudden spark and flame. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a process um, and as you said, like as guided through your method, which the better part method, which I love to be able to come to, to something much better within yourself. Exactly. Really? You just it. It's yeah. all about the whole method is about you. And, and we can use these methods. I do use these methods because I struggle to a greater or lesser extent, just like all humans do. So I don't feel like it's like, oh my God, like how can she tell other people to do this when she can't, you know, when it's hard? Well, that's because I'm a person, you're a person. I know one thing from 
resolving hundreds if not thousands of divorces over the course of my entire adult life is that we're all human. I don't care where you're from, if you have tons of money, no money, if you're rural or urban or you know what race or religion, whatever, like we're all human. We all struggle with all of these principles. And so for instance, like responding rather than reacting, that's really hard for many people. For me, it's hard, right? I, I, um, I struggle in the patience so that would come over under the patience arena. So I would like suggest that if that's something that you struggle with, that rather than responding in the moment when something is really um, inflammatory, that you give yourself the, permi- the, the permission that you might need to take a couple of breaths just to make space in your body, make space in your brain. And when you do that, you can notice what's happening. And even if you're just noticing it for an extra you know, couple of seconds, you're going to have the wherewithal mm-hmm. to say something that you don't regret saying Right. Or to choose to maybe not say anything or not do anything and just let things settle. Yeah, absolutely. And that will, you know, I say this over and over and over and over and over again on my podcast and other people's podcasts and everywhere, right? That in divorce, you're making the biggest legal and financial decisions of your life in the midst of the biggest emotional upheaval of your life. And in order to make healthy and sane legal and financial decisions, you have got to get the emotional, you have to work on the emotional aspect first and foremost. And I love that as a divorce attorney and mediator, that's where you focus. I love some of the stories in here about people coming into your office completely inflamed and wanting to like go hit it from a legal perspective. And you saying, Let's take a breath and meditate and focus on the vision for the, what you want for your future, right? And see how this reaction is in complete opposition to what you what you really want to achieve, what your what your true goals and visions are for your future. That's right, and and so I know that like as a lawyer, I'm like a weirdo lawyer, and I always have been. I mean, when the Judge Sunshine hired me, <laughs> like I was really good at settling cases, so he did you know, appreciate that because I moved his docket along very well. Um, But, but, you know, I've always, you know, the the secretary used to go, oh, Gab, are you going to have people do sun salutations in the hall? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if necessary. Yeah. Yes. You know, the other thing that I did with the book, because not everybody, especially when you're, when you're getting divorced, it's really hard to focus for most people. I I wrote it in a way that you could just open up to any page, no matter how you're feeling and just read, you don't, you don't need to read the whole thing at once. It's designed, Mm -hmm. especially for the person who is all over the place, right? You know, in that moment, even if normally you're not, it can just, divorce can really throw you. Um, But I, and I also created an online masterclass because not everybody feels like reading, honestly, when you're upset, it can be hard to just like be quietly with yourself. And so I created a, um, it's an interactive masterclass that's 12 modules that you can do it all in one day. It's really, it's suggested you do two a week and then there's little um, practices that you can choose to engage in or not that will reinforce the different habits. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. Ideally, if you're going through a divorce, you'd, you'd do the masterclass, you'd have the book by your side to use as 
future yeah, as, as references to go deeper. And you can do that in conjunction with your lawyer or your therapist, whatever. It's just, it's just a tool. And, and then, you know, the, the hope and desire for me um, and the vision was that we're going to create this conversation where the younger lawyers, it's not going to be so weird to have that conversation with, with your clients. Yes. Yes. And this is what, you know, you and I are so aligned on is really the idea of just changing the way we do divorce all over the place. You know, we are so, we are so aligned in our mission of changing how we do this. And, uh, I, I just, I just love that. I love that you're such a weirdo attorney. (laughs) I love it. Let your weird light shine bright so the other weirdos can find you. That's like a favorite. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's great. I mean, I really, I mean, I think that, and I love, you know, one of the things I'd love about the book is the way that it is organized. Like it's clear that you have a way more organized brain than I do for sure. My space is like all super organized, but my brain is a fucking cluster like, fuck. My space is like, woo! Like, oh my, my God. Come home and say, like, I thought you were like straightening up or whatever today. And I'm like, I did, but like, it never like looks clean. Right. Like, you know, like I just, I don't have those. You just move the piles all over the place. <laughs> or I like go in one pile. So like all the surfaces are clean, but then there's like Big giant right that someday you'll actually go through and like organize yeah, yeah. My kids will one day. right <laughs> right exactly well I want to read this quote because I also love this um that you say on page six of your book um which is the first chapter called designing your elegance which I just love because you talk about going through divorce creating an elegant divorce right and I just love I love that word you know i I'll sort of talk about, amic- you know, we'll talk about amicable or collaborative, or whatever, but the idea of it being elegant is just so gorgeous. I In love fact, that. The book was originally called Your Elegant Divorce um, because, because I, I like elegance in the, uh, the idea of internal and external alignment. That's yep. why something that's simply cut, something simple is elegant. Right. Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, I agree with the idea from a marketing perspective that the book is not called, cause I think it takes, it takes, you have to go through a journey to embrace that a little bit. I don't know, but you know, whatever. So you say in this chapter, when two parents choose to create a refined, respectful environment as they divorce, the children are more likely to retain a positive internal narrative about the possibilities of long-term relationships Even if this is not possible in your circumstance, know that if at least one parent remains committed to healthy, supportive interactions, the situation can be markedly better. Like, amen, sister. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. And I love the idea. It's like, this is what you're modeling, right? You're modeling to your children. And both parents don't have to model it. And often, like, one of the reasons that I wrote the book was because... I, I want people to know that, you know, not everybody can be Gwyneth and Chris Martin or right. Elena, her ex-husband, who had a wonderful separation. You know, like a lot of people really have very difficult situations um, that are going difficult, not just like, oh, well, I'm heartbroken right now, but I'm going to feel better in this amount of time. Like people have marriages to 
very difficult people and then they have very difficult divorces. So the better part method is not going to resolve that. What it's going to do is help you to engage with yourself so that you can show up for yourself and for your kids in a healthy, uplifted way, regardless of what else is happening around you. Yep. Absolutely. And it is fertile ground for that growth, right? I mean, it's literally, there is no better time or opportunity to get this work done. And, you know, like you, when I, when I work with clients on my, should I stay or should I go programs? It's all about them. It's all about them. It's all about their own process, their own reactions, their own thoughts and feelings, what they've given up, what they've, right. It's very little to do with the other person. I mean, sure, there's definitely there that comes into it, but it is most of the work we do is about well, it's also how we respond to that other person, right? I mean, right. like exactly. The relationships we have with other people are dictated partially by how we interact with those people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not everything. You could be married to somebody who has, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, well, what about an alcoholic or a chemical dependent or someone who's constantly cheating or someone who lies? I mean, there's, you know, somebody but who even has- in those cases. So but even in those cases. Right. So, you know, I have clients who have active alcoholic uh, alcoholics for husbands and they're still making choices every single day to stay in a situation or they don't want to leave. Right. They are still making choices. Right. As a as a long time. Uh, member of Al-Anon, right? I can tell you that there, there is an entire program, 12-step program for friends and families of alcoholics for a reason. Because right. the, it's not about what they're doing. It's about how we are reacting to it and the choices that we make in the face of those things. Because people who don't have a, you know, a shred of codependency in them would be faced with the same situation and be like, oh, bye, <laughs> you know, and would never sign on for that. So what is it in your history, in your makeup, in your psychology that has you attract to this and give all of your power away to someone who is behaving in ways that do not support a healthy relationship or household or family unit, right? right. So all, all I was just trying to suggest is that sometimes we can actually change the other person's responses to us by our changing our responses to them, which is similar, but but we can't actually, we have no power in changing someone who has a dependency, like whether or not they're, if we remain in the relationship as a codependent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're not responsible for anyone's behavior or choices other than our own, you know, period, end of story. We, We can't control it, you know, and, and there's, you know, we're not responsible for it. Right. Yeah. So let's go, I want to go through the, your, the principles of the better apart method. Awesome. So how how many are there? Is it five or six? There's five. Well, let's, so the number one is patience. Yeah. So, well, first of all, as a, as an overall blanket statement, these different um, elements do not have to be tackled necessarily in this, in this order. For me, this is the order that makes sense. 
because patience is, is the biggest one for me. That's the one I struggle with the most, right? But more people, the more feedback that I've had, both in the writing and then afterward, all the hundreds of letters I've gotten from people in their feedback about the book is, um, you know, questions of like, you know, what resonates most with you? And maybe that you struggle with forgiveness. I, I don't struggle with forgiveness. Right. I'm naturally extraordinarily compassionate, whereas other people are really patient, but you know, they get angry and they cut people off. So, so just remember that there are five elements. Okay. And then, so whichever one speaks the most to you is where you should start. Cause that's probably where your deepest work means. It doesn't mean you have to get stuck there, but that's probably what uh-huh. you want to do a lot of work on. And then within each of the five elements, there are different exercises. Some of them are writing, they can be drawing, they can be they, they may even be physical to help you loosen things up in your mind and start shaking the way that you're doing things. Also, the entire pr- process is predicated on the um, person's understanding that this is all about creating new habits, new pathways of thinking and pathways and patterns of being. So in order to make something permanent. It needs to be a regular practice. Okay. So I'm going to right now tell you the five elements. I'm going to give you some little tools within each of the elements and invite you to engage with any of them. Or if you want to take a deeper dive, go ahead and get yourself the masterclass. Um, and you can put in a code better 30. So it'll be $30 off it's, it's not very, it's like $197, whatever. Anyway, or get the book and you can go deeper. So, so that's, so wait, so hold on. You, so you gave us a discount code. Is that what you just I did? did? I did. So, but thank you. Yeah. So better 30 better. for people, for listeners of the podcast, your discount code is better 30 for $30 off. That's very sweet. Thank you. Sure, no problem. Okay, All right. So, <laughs> so I just want to highlight that for a totally. second. And, and by the way, where do you get it? Go to gabriellehartley.com and just scroll. Down there we go. Okay. Right. So, um, all of this will be in the show notes, by the way, okay. we're not going to leave oh, you hanging. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So we start with patience. And as I mentioned before, patience is a big one. It's about learning to respond and not, and not reacting. And it all starts with the noticing. So an easy tip, which I already gave you the one about breathing. You can do that anywhere absolutely wherever you are. Let's just do a little breathing really briefly to just show you how to do it. Yeah, Um, let's do it. So we don't want you to be making a big show of breathing if you're like at the mediation table and you feel like you're going to throw a glass of water across that, you know, (laughs) you don't want to do that. What we're going to do is we're just going to right now do a mini breathing session. So we're going to do three breath cycles and we're not going to do a square breath. We're going to do like a triangular breath. So it's going to be breathing in for the count of three, we're going to hold for three and out for four. And that's it. We're going to do that three times. Okay. So let's, we're going to do it, you and me, and, and you guys can do it with us. So here we go. I'm going to show fingers um, for you. So here we go. Okay. In. Okay. Hold out through your, your, your nose or purse lips. One, two. And now in again. Hold. And out. And then in one more time. Three, hold. And out really slowly this time. 
So how do you feel right now? It's just so calming. I mean, it's, it's right. so funny because it's so basic, right? But it is so, there's oh, no, it, there's, it's so simple, right? And we forget to do it. And as someone who suffers right, from when, anxiety and ha- right, like this is it, there's nothing quicker or better for calming the nervous system. There just isn't. That's right. And so, so I, I would call that it. Give yourself an internal timeout. And then after you've taken those breaths, count maybe to five and then decide, am I going to send this email now? Am I going to say anything? Am I going to let this pass? You know, how are you going no, use that as the noticing point? Okay, so that's patience. The next um, element is respect. Mm. And the thing that's important doesn't mean you're going to respect someone who mistreated you. It's all about you. Let's act respectful to our ex, to the judge, to the process, to the law, to the courthouse, to the therapist who's not taking your calls, to the teacher who isn't replying to your emails, to your kid who's favoring your... Let's just act respectful because we're going to get more flies with honey if for no other reason, right? Um, mm-hmm. Although I never like that expression because who wants flies? But anyway, um, so self-respect, one way to start cultivating self-respect is by ridding ourselves of the people and circumstances that are not serving us in a particular time. So as my grandfather said, to shelve people. Don't throw them away, but put them on a shelf. So right. not just people, but places. Maybe you go to a particular place and it makes you feel bad, or you see a particular person and it makes you feel anxious or, I don't know, jealous or just something. Don't just stay away from them right now. Just stay out of their purview. And beyond that, start creating a list. It can be a journal. I personally am... I like writing, obviously. If, you, if you're not a writer, maybe you want to just speak about it or make pictures about it. Make a list in the morning when you wake up and in the evening before you go to bed of the people, the places, and circumstances that feed you, that make you feel good. Mm. Then yes. commit to spending a little bit more time in and around those places and things. Obviously, you can't like just upheaval your whole life. Oh, I want to go to Antigua this week. That's not really realistic, but like, we might, might be, be nice. <laughs> commit to spending a little bit more time doing something that, that sparks joy for you, really, that makes you feel good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I so love the, that. So those are the first two, patience and respect. And just in the, in the respect thing, I think I just want to, I just want to sort of highlight something here is that there, there's almost two aspects of the respect, right? There is self-respect, which is, you know, what you're talking about shelving people that are not feeding you, um, which is an analogy I use all the time. And that like, how, how, like, how are are you, is, is the feeding reciprocal, right? right? Um, and then there's also acting respectfully, even towards people that, that you might hate in a moment or that, or systems that are, you know, you don't feel like are working for you, right? There is, so there's self-respect and then there's res- outward respect. And I think that those two, it's important to, I just want to highlight, you know, re-highlight that. Absolutely. But like, I think a lot of people when they're getting divorced have such a, a strong shame story running through their head. I just want to really 
give permission and almost go so far as to say instructions to let that SH go. SH, not yeah. just shame, <laughs> but the SH. You know, Shit, you can say it. You can say it. Okay. We're. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you do. You need to let it go. Let the shame go. Let the shit go and start rebuilding your self-worth. Yes. 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 So, so the third element is peace. And I, I love that one because, you know, get a room full of lawyers. I do um, self-care for lawyers and mediators who are experiencing vicarious post-traumatic stress syndrome. And I, I get a room full of lawyers and I say, you know, peace, you know, and they're like, what? you know, you see a whole room of eyes rolling. Eyeballs roll, right? Exactly. Right. And so what I say is, um, I'm not talking about fluffy clouds or rainbows and unicorns. What I'm talking about here is noticing the neutral. Yeah. This might be my favorite because I talk about neutrality a lot in my work as well. And, and I love that you've actually linked it to peace because I hadn't really thought of, I mean, I had, right. But just the, that, that obvious link, right. I talk about coming to a place of neutral where things are not, it's not ruffling you. It's not like you just, you process through it. And you and I just, I just love this part. Go it's, on. It's, keep going. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's the noticing the meh, right. I know the word yes. meh is fashion or whatever. Um, Cause it's like what's hot and what's not, I guess meh is now not, but anyway, I like meh. I'm sticking with it. So whatever. <laughs> we're old. So it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So we're weirdos. So there you have it. So right. Exactly. Exactly. We're old weirdos sticking with meh. So noticing the, the is about, recognizing what's good enough and using that as your launch pad. I mean, it, it's so simple, right? It's like, okay, so I'm recognizing that you're on time with the kids. Now, maybe you might be saying to yourself, well, why should I have to recognize that, that they're on time? They should be on time. That's not something that warrants recognition, but I'm going to, to invite you to recognize it, actually even verbally recognize it because you know, the way we as human beings are, we need to hear like five to 12 positives for every one negative that we can actually hear. Right. So that our brains actually process. Our brains can't process negative upon negative. We are not wired to do that. Most of us need, I think it's five to eight, but I've read as many as 12. So if you've got a difficult ex who you're constantly complaining to and or about, you darn well better start noticing the neutrals because you're not going to find positives. So just like, oh, hey, you know, even around your kids, you might want to say, I'm glad you came back, um, you know, with all your stuff. That's awesome. Thanks for remembering to pack the stuff. You know, simple things that are just giveaways. And from there, that's where you move forward. Yes. Yeah, um, it's great. So, so that, that's what peace is about. Clarity. I love clarity because clarity is where the magic happens. Clarity is where we go from the blame game to the active visionary. Yes. And I love, I love the lists. I love the lists again with your brain and the way it works. Like I'm obsessed with the way your brain works right now with the way that you create these lists and you're so organized about it. I love it. (laughs) I was going through these old journals because I've kept diaries like my entire life and there's, there's an entry recently when I was about eight years old and it says, this is like, this is going to show how simple I am really. It says thoughts, presents, Christmas, fun. That's, <laughs> that's it. 
that's it. Those are your thoughts. Yeah. Like, and then there's things like things I like, things I hate, you know, and like, it's really clarifying. You, you start to know your own mind. And when you know your own mind, you can accomplish absolutely anything. So doing the work that it takes to know your mind can actually be really fun. And stepping away from the blaming can also spark joy because you cannot do anything about the person who is causing you all this harm. So now who's harm, who's causing you harm? You're causing your own harm. That other person is just being themselves, which is really annoying. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's, but, but the level to which it can take over the attention that you're giving it can actually ruin your life. There was some, some mean lately, you know, that said something about like, you know, the person that you're losing sleep over is sleeping really well, knowing that you're losing sleep over them. Or they don't really <laughs> care. They're not even, or they don't care. Which, which right. Which is forgiveness, right? Which is, yeah, right. And, and I, I do want to talk more about visualizing, but that's okay. Let me just mention. So forgiveness is a really, really big one. Um, Elena and Gwyneth Paltrow have a really nice, um, conversation about forgiveness on Goop, all about, um, okay. so, so if anybody wants to really hear a lot about forgiveness and, and they want to hear, you know, a deep dive into it, they can listen to Elena and Gwyneth. What I'll say about it very simply is forgiving yourself and all of your humanness. Again, the reason I say your humanness is because it's not like about forgiving your mistakes because guess what? It's like, that's like a thing. We all make mistakes. We, we all, everyone, even that, like, that mom who looks totally perfect, she makes mistakes. And that, that person who you look up to, he makes mistakes. Like, we're, we're, we're people. But I've had judges make really big mistakes. And not just because an error of law that I disagreed with, but I once had a judge on a Friday afternoon grant emergency custody to my client. Um, she, he gave my client custody of the father instead of, of the child. And the father was very <laughs> dangerous. At a four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and I did manage to get it fixed, but it was like I practically had to like run over, you know, court officers to be able to go back into the court. I mean, it was unbelievable. But you know what? The judge made a mistake, and you can fix it. I've had um, another judge in a totally different place made an error after I sat in the, in the court in the hallway for hours. Um, and if any of your listeners have been to to court, they know how how expensive and tedious that may be. Um, yeah. They, at, at the end of the day, the, the lawyer, the, the judge said, oh, it shouldn't have been filed here. It should have been filed at, in this other county. And then, you know, so she didn't hear the case. And then a week later, and I knew that it was wrong when I went in, I made a motion about it. And in fact, I was right. And my client could have, you know, never mind she took a day off work. She owed me so much money. And like, I mean, I wound up cutting the bill into a fraction of it. But the fact is we all make mistakes and forgiving yourself is going to free up so much emotional, um, uh, I'm, I'm losing the word, so, so much uh, emotional power inside mm-hmm. of you. And emotional freedom. You're gonna have. You're gonna have the freedom to love again, 
to love yourself again, yes. to love someone yes. else again, and to let the pain and the heartache just go because things are as they need to be in the moment. And that, that's all we've got. So if you can say, well, that doesn't make sense. You can argue with me. At the end of the day, all we have is whatever is sitting before us right now. And then every moment is a moment to recalibrate our, ourselves, how we're going to interact, what we're going to see, what we're going to envision, and who we're going to be. And I, you know, when I, I work with people one-to-one beyond the um, online program, just helping them get through this hard stuff as the divorce process is going on together with their lawyers. And in my mediation, I do online mediation across the whole country and I do it in New York and Massachusetts in person. And I try to, as much as I can, infuse everything with the knowing that tomorrow is going to be better with our choices. I love it. We could almost leave it there, right? I mean, that's, that's really what it's about. It, that's it really what it's about. And, and I, li- I like that, you know, the thing about forgiveness, you know, it's such a cliche that it's not about you. It's about, you know, it's not about them. It's about you, but it is, you know, it is opening up and freeing emotional space for yourself. And there's one, one other thing, only because I know that you also work with people who, who do decide to stay mm-hmm. uh, in their relationship. I do have, um, in between my introduction and chapter one, we talk about a pause. Right. And we talk about that, you know, maybe you don't need a divorce. And, and I, mm-hmm. I am very acutely aware of the idea of the fact that, that less than 20% of all people who divorce report ever having gone to marriage counseling. And Which I'm not saying... I'm stunned by it. I mean, I, I mean, I know this fact and I, I just, it's staggering to me. So, so sometimes in order to move forward, we need to take a big step back. I think that learning how to um, interact with a real, um, with reflective listening, where we use emotion words, where we, we literally reflect back and forth. And that, I, 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 can, I can talk about that, but that would take a while. But just, you can go to a therapist with your partner just to learn about how to do this responsive or reflective listening, because... It's yeah. unbelievably magical in some circumstances that just being heard allows a relief. Yep. Yes. And it, and it is, it's a, it's a practice. It is a practice and it's, and I did it for years in my therapy and, and it did not save our marriage, but it sure as hell saved our divorce. Yes. Exactly. Just the communication exactly. skills that we learned in, we had an Imago dialogue, one of these kinds of reflective listening conversations in our first mediation session. And our mediator was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's real, and it's amazing, really, because it will give you a better divorce if you can do it. You yes. just now, you just now. And the other thing is about um, noticing where you're complicit in your dynamic. So, like, you know, I, I would say, like, in my own marriage, right? Like, I spent the first eight or 10 years kind of pissed that my husband was traveling all the time and he'd come home and he'd go, you know, fishing and hunting and run marathons. And I was there with the three kids doing, I felt like absolutely everything. And I had my love practice and I had my mediation practice. And then one day I was like, I, I, when am I writing my book? You know, I just like started and I've just, well, things are going to readjust as they need to. And 
And that's like such good advice, I think, to, to before you just blame, notice what small changes you might make in how you're mm-hmm. interacting. Where are you giving away power that you may not need to give away? Yeah, absolutely. And carrying the resentments and never yeah. talking about it or making the changes, right? And again, I mean, the thing... divorce will be better if you... Exactly, exactly. And the thing that I always that I always recommend is that when you're going to make a change like that, you communicate it, right? We often don't communicate it. But just to have the conversation saying, hey, you know what, I'm noticing this dynamic. And I want to be responsible for changing it because I know that I'm not blaming you. I'm stepping into this too. So here's how I'm going to start to do things differently to take care of myself so that I know that I am actually meeting my own goals and, and bringing my most fulfilled self to this marriage. So I'm going to start writing every morning from five to seven. Do you think that you can, you know, help assist me in this by getting the kids ready for school? Right? Like communication. Right. right? So kill you. Right. I mean, like, I mean, right. Basically communication is really, really hard for most people. So if you can work on it while you're still married, great. If your marriage doesn't work out, that's also maybe great. It's just all about moving forward mindfully and making decisions that you feel firmly rooted in, not from a place of anger, but from a place of peaceful groundedness. I love it. Gabrielle, do you have any final words of wisdom? I mean, there you've you've dropped so many. Is there anything else? <laughs> She's looking at me like she wants to kill me. She's like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I'm just gonna say, you know, take it slowly. Be kind to yourself. You're going to be okay. It does not have to be a war. It should not be a war. Um, you know, think of it as like jujitsu or yoga or some sort of. Um, some sort of practice where you, you truly lean in and you approach all things with as much love as you possibly can, because it really will get you through. And it doesn't mean that you're weak if you're kind. And if you're kind, it oh. also doesn't mean you give everything away. You can also be yes. strong. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Gabrielle, where can people find you? Oh, absolutely. Gabrielle Hartley. And again, it's all in the show notes. So, uh, all right, Gabrielle, thank you so much. Gabrielle's book again is better apart, a radically positive way to separate. And it's brilliant. And I want you all to read it. And Gabrielle, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the divorce survival guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.